It actually gets more exciting. So you uh, pay the landowner to get the token, and in return, you don't just you know make a make a charitable donation. You actually reserve a financial instrument in return, mm-hmm. and it's a, basically a coin. Uh, and the the big concept, what we're working towards, is rolling these merit tokens out as an actual currency, so that like basically anything that you can do with your money today, you will be able to do with merits in the future. So you can go and buy stuff for that. You can you know save it, lend it, loan it. You can do everything with that. Okay. Yeah. So the token is called a merit. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it's a good it. name, right? <laughs> it's coincidentally my name as well, but I did not come up with the idea of naming the token <laughs> merit. <laughs> Hello, welcome to another episode of The Future Of here at Nordic Fintech Magazine. My name is Chris, I am Head of Content, and today we're going to be talking about a lot of things, including saving the planet, using digital twins, and tokens. So prepare to have your mind blown away. This has been the most exciting and lively interview that we have done to date, but we have to be honest here, this concept is a little bit difficult to grasp, or at least it was for us at the beginning. But don't let that discourage you. This is one of the most daring and exciting innovations we've seen. And the potential application of this idea is huge. In our recent trip to Estonia, we were lucky enough to have a sit down with Merit Valsalu, CEO and co-founder of Single Earth, an Estonian company that has found an ingenious way of incentivizing landowners to preserve their land and natural resources. In this chat, you'll hear how Merit and her team of researchers are merging digital twins, economics, and innovative business models to create the first nature-backed token, a coin that aptly shares the name of its founder. Through Merits, Single Earth is creating a market that enables people to buy tokens attached to land. These tokens are in essence a digital tradable asset that not only directly benefits landowners, but that like any other asset can increase in value in the open market. Now, is your mind about to ignite? Yes. Merit. Hi. Hi, it's great to meet you. Great to see you here as well. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's get started. Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm Merit. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Single Earth. And at Single Earth, what we do is we create the world's first nature-backed currency to save the world from climate crisis and biodiversity loss. Okay, right. There's a, there's a <laughs> lot we have to unpack there. So tell us what what is the the core value proposition of single earth and what problem is it solving in the market yeah well at the core uh, of what we do is always uh, finding ways how to pay landowners for keeping nature intact so that was like the first problem that we started uh, solving at the very beginning so about three years ago Uh, and it started actually from a very local problem so uh, in my home country here in estonia we have a lot of uh, old beautiful forests half of estonia is actually covered with forests but in the recent years we've seen a lot of uh, intensive forestry and a lot of uh, forest clear cuts so our beautiful old forests are cut down and then that kind of started the, um, the company for us in a sense that we started finding ways like how, how can we make it stop? How can we find ways so that uh, landowners would not want to cut down their forests? And what is actually driving this nature destruction? And we understood that what is always driving this is the um, uh, business models, the underlying business models that today only incentivize monetizing nature as raw material. So that means that landowners today can only earn money if they, for example, cut down the forest and sell it as timber. Right. So, so if we only pay the landowners for 
cutting down forests, well, this is what we will get. But in terms of like climate change and biodiversity loss and halting these big uh, problems, we need to figure out how to start protecting nature because this is the one system that helps to mitigate all these problems. And how do we do that? Well, we understood that we have to start paying landowners for keeping their forests growing. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously we all understand that there is more to nature than just raw material. Like we all enjoy being in nature. We all understand that we have to have nature around us. We love having nature around us. But it's actually also scientifically quantifiable. Why do we need to have nature around us? And these things are called the ecosystem services. So nature provides us with a lot of ecosystem services that actually make this planet habitable for us. So, for example, providing us with the air we breathe, the food we eat, the water we drink. All of this comes from the fact that we have nature that provides us with all of that. But we have never paid for these ecosystem services. And instead, we are paying for destroying these ecosystem services. So we understood that if we are able to quantify these good things and put them or create them um, create uh, products out of them, then maybe we can start putting value on them. Uh, And obviously we started from, okay, how much of this good value does uh, nature have on this planet? And to our great surprise, we understood that like, there is no place where you can go and see, for example, how much a particular forest uh, removes carbon from the atmosphere. Like we all know that they do that, Mm -hmm. but if you want to see how much of that, well, there is like no place to find that out. So we started from solving that problem first. So we started building a digital twin of the world's nature, meaning that we basically take everything that nature does in the physical world and bring that to the digital world. So we started building this global carbon, biodiversity and other ecosystem services to show what nature is doing in real time. And we use satellite data and big data analysis to basically create these big models. And why we need these models is because this uh, this digital twin for us becomes the oracle for minting tokens for us. So in the very simple way, like how we create tokens is that every time 100 kilograms of CO2, for example, is uh, removed uh, from the atmosphere by a forest, we emit one token uh, to the landowner and the landowner can sell it to individuals or businesses and through that earn money. And the landowner continues to receive the tokens for as long as they keep their natural resources intact. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I want to make sure that I understand this because I think it's really interesting what you're saying. So before we do that, please unpack what a digital twin is for us. Yeah, a digital twin is basically uh, representing uh, what nature is doing in the physical world and just represents that in the digital world. So it's just like mimicking the work that nature does in the uh, physical world and brings that to the digital world. Uh, How we do that is we we use satellite data, so we monitor the world's nature. But unfortunately, there is no way for us to measure, like for example, carbon sequestration from the satellites. So we can check nature from the satellites, but we have to have like the scientific models built on top of that to kind of Um, describe how nature works in real time. So we have these real-time models that show us what nature at this point of time uh, is doing. And and this is kind of the basis for us uh, for minting the tokens, uh, because we tokenize the work that nature does. Okay, right. So then your minting process is directly associated with with what? With uh, what nature is doing. So for example, uh, right now forests around the world are uh, removing carbon from the atmosphere because they grow and they store it within themselves and this is how nature grows basically. Uh, And this is also what we want to do to mitigate climate change. 
Uh, and every time we, we see that the 100 kilograms has been sequestered in a forest, mm -hmm. we emit one token to the landowner. Right. So basically, if, we, if you think of any cryptocurrency or coins in the world, well, they are always minted based on some mathematical algorithms. Yeah. Uh, our, our tokens are also minted based on mathematical algorithms, but the ones that actually occur in nature. So we, we take the mathematical algorithms from nature and use that to mint tokens. Wow, okay, so then the idea is that you're presenting the landowners with an option to say you can sell it, you can cut down your trees, trees get so much money in, ter in terms of timber, mm -hmm. or you could actually choose to preserve your trees, plant even more, because then the more you do, then it's, it's, exactly. it's the minting process yes. and then you get a token. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and the longer you stay with us, the richer you become. Okay, so please explain to me how, let's assume I have a token, how is that token gaining value? Mm. So the, the, the token gains value when you sell it, obviously. So you as a landowner would want to sell your token because yeah. then you receive fiat money, so like euros or dollars in return. Right. So the buyers, on the other hand, can be either businesses or individuals. Mm -hmm. So for the businesses, we already know that there are uh, use cases where companies want to contribute back to nature or to climate goals or biodiversity goals. So these all are possible with the tokens as well. So companies can just come in, buy the tokens. We call it burning the tokens, which is basically like um, making them not tradable anymore. And they can just claim uh, their contribution. And that's that. That's the, kind of the easiest way. You just burn the tokens and you have made a contribution to nature because you have financed nature protection to a landowner. Right. Now, as an individual, it actually gets more expensive. So you uh, pay the landowner to get the token and in return you don't just you know make it make a charitable donation you actually reserve a financial instrument in return mm -hmm. and it's a, basically a coin uh, and the, the big concept, what we're working towards, is rolling these merit tokens out as an actual currency. So that like, basically anything that you can do with your money today, you yeah. will be able to do with merits in the future. So you can go and buy stuff for that, you can you know, save it, lend it, loan it, you can do everything with that. Okay, yeah, so the token is called a merit. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it's a good it. name, right? <laughs> it's coincidentally my name as well, but I did not come up with the idea of naming the token merit. <laughs> and that's so that's the token that the landowner receives. Yes. And, and you introduced you said that uh, as, a, as an individual, I can go and buy the token from the landowner, basically mm -hmm. just giving them money. But then I receive a coin, yep. and that's different from the token. It's, it's the same token, basically. Ah, right. Yep. Okay, it's yep. the same token, and it, that becomes a financial instrument. Exactly. Just like. Bitcoin, Ether, any other Yep, token but better things. because it's actually saving the world. And right. the coolest part of the Merit token, like the, the system, is that the amount of tokens in circulation is always limited to how much nature can sustain. Which means that by that, we're also able to limit the economy with how much <laughs> right. nature can sustain. And this is how we create this truly sustainable nature-based economy. And presumably then the amount of tokens in circulation well, I guess I guess your purpose would be not to cap it. You could be you'd say, well, let's grow this infinitely because the more we grow it, that means that the more nature is uh, expanding and growing, yes. etc. Yeah, but it still is limited to this planet. Like there is actually, although it, it seems like we have like infinite amount of nature, we actually have a very limited amount of it. And this is how uh, like the the amount of money in circulation should actually also be limited to that. Because I think this year it was like 25th or 26th of July mm -hmm. when we had this World Overshoot Day when the U, uh, when the world had used up more natural resources or the entire year's worth of natural resources yeah. in the middle of the year. So this is basically what we want to avoid. 
avoid so that you can't uh, consume more than nature uh, has to offer. Right, so um, you started how long ago? Three years, so basically. Three years yeah. ago, you just woke up one day and thought, ha, <laughs> I have a vision. <laughs> how did this come about? I wish, I, I wish it was as simple as that. Right. We actually started from a very simple way. Like we have for us, we have companies, why don't we connect them? And they just start, you know, financing nature conservation. Uh, at the very beginning, we actually knew that we want to implement the blockchain for that mm -hmm. because uh, this allows us to create this uh, very traceable and transparent way of accounting for these ecosystems system services that nature is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the very beginning, we didn't have the money concept actually there. It was, uh, I think, like a year or two later when we understood that there's actually more solutions that we can like, kind of connect into the ecosystem to make it scale uh, even broader. Uh, so basically taking this to the masses in terms of like enabling all consumers to tap into the system. Because like if you just talk to uh, companies, then it's still a very limited uh, circle that is kind of financing nature protection. Mm -hmm. And we also understood that there are so many people who actually want to do something about climate change and biodiversity loss, but they don't have any tools. So kind of like offering them a way to, to integrate nature protection into every transaction that they make by just switching the underlying money that they use. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a very easy way for everybody to start contributing to these goals. Okay, then what I still don't quite get is once the individual has bought the token from the landowner, mm -hmm. Uh, that, that, that token is now a financial instrument. What determines the, the parity that that financial instrument has with fiat money? Well, that depends on basically, it's going to be eventually an open market price. So the market is going to decide that. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is that as we also have a business case for uh, businesses who are buying these tokens and burning them to make an ESG contribution or to you know contribute to the climate or biodiversity goals, then it always has this, this real life utility value as well. Right. So it is kind of like on the market, free on the market value, but it's always connected to a real life value as well. So in this sense, it's not as purely speculative crypto uh, currency that you know depends only on like what people assume the value should be, but it always is connected uh, to the uh, real life value as well. And as we want this to actually function as a payment currency, mm -hmm. it can't be that volatile. It has to be more or less stable. Yeah. And this is why we have this utility value in the world, the real world as well. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad you introduced that because the, the next question I have for you is, what needs to happen between now and a merit becoming a payment mechanism? Mm. That's a good question. What needs to happen is basically uh, businesses need to start accepting cryptocurrencies as a payment uh, method, which is not the case today, unfortunately. But then again, if we look at the amount of and the volume uh, of investments that has been made into uh, developing the crypto space and spe specifically the payment uh, solutions, then I'm pretty sure that within the next couple of years, uh, crypto payments will become mainstream because this is basically inevitable. Like we know that this will happen. And once that happens, we like we have the perfect uh, currency to introduce uh, to this ecosystem because it also creates this sustainable new financial system that everybody hopefully will want to join if we want to keep this planet habitable. Okay. <laughs> now, now, I understand that uh, you can sign up join a waiting list yes. for when for, for when the minting process starts producing the 
uh, the tokens. We actually have minted the first tokens already. Okay. We have the first uh, tokens that we minted from a few uh, lands in Europe and mm -hmm. uh, Brazil. So uh, a rainforest and then some uh, forests here in Europe. So yeah. we have the first bunch of uh, tokens. We are all gradually rolling this out to individuals and uh, businesses. So it's actually already in the process. And I think that's a cool place to be where we have validated that yes, we can create uh, money based on the work that nature does. So that's actually now fact. All right, Mary. So this is extremely visionary, yeah. um, which is amazing. Uh, but of course, that comes with challenges, right? Yeah. If I was a landowner and you come and tell me, stop, I will give you a token in return, I'd be skeptical. What 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 are the main challenges that you're that you're facing in introducing this new mm. concept and this vision into the market, and how are you overcoming them? Oh yeah, there's a lot of challenges. So the first one is basically the one that you just mentioned, like yeah. like the the token-based solutions are not mainstream yet mm -hmm. uh, for the landowners, uh, and the same for consumers. Like like regular people are not using tokens uh, for making transactions, right. uh, and that is why like every time we design a product or service, we actually keep that uh, in mind. So we always think of like how can a person without any crypto experience use the system. So for example, uh, to make it very easy for landowners to do that we actually have built the uh, basically the merit to fiat uh, exchange on our platform so that the landowner can easily earn the fiat money without going to external crypto exchanges so they can do the, the simple transactions on our own uh, platform and we have uh, kind of made this very easy for them and the same goes for consumers who can just come to our platform purchase the tokens with fiat money without going uh, to any external exchanges at first at all eventually they can do that if they want to but that's never a requirement so we're by building the system, we're also making it easier for everybody to start using uh, these crypto tokens uh, in their daily lives. Um, in addition to that, like obviously, uh, uh, one part of the big challenges that we're facing is the, the thing that we are working in very fastly developing space, uh, which is the crypto space. Mm -hmm. uh, it's developing super fast. So basically, we have like new solutions, like Web3 solutions coming up, I think, on a daily basis, more or less. So we're constantly looking into that and seeing what are the things that we could also include into our system. And obviously, the regulatory side is also developing. So we're actually a licensed company. We have the virtual asset service provider license here in Estonia. Uh, which I think eventually will become like an EU-wide um, license. So we're kind of always working on this compliance as well. And I think the third part of what is like um, really challenging is that I think everybody has by today uh, become used to thinking in terms of carbon and climate change, mm -hmm. uh, but very few are still able to, um, to understand the biodiversity loss and the other uh, challenges that we're also facing. And, but we are introducing all of that together. So we have carbon, but we also have biodiversity and other ecosystem services as well. Actually, our science team, we have an in-house science team, uh -huh. and they have come up with a novel solution on how to actually value uh, holistically nature for everything that it does and represent that in one single token. So it's actually also like creating scientific uh, work to make this happen. So there's a lot of new things that we ha always have to come up with to make this uh, system work. Right, and uh, I want to get to back to that in just, in just a minute, but before that, uh, help me understand, how does your business model work? 
Oh yeah, so we take a transaction fee from uh, the transactions that have been made with Merit tokens. So, so this is basically how it works. And that's really important because uh, if you think of the existing uh, carbon models and, and business models like that, then they always require upfront uh, payments from the landowners. Whereas with us, they don't actually have to pay anything. So for them, it's basically free of charge. So they can come on board. We make the assessment on their land, the carbon sequestration and all these assessments, and they have everything for free. They won't pay to us like any anything until they have uh, sold the first tokens. Right. And that's making it very easy for landowners to actually come on board. They don't have basically any barriers. They can always just come in and once they start earning anything, then they uh, start paying us basically. Or we take the cut from the, the transactions. So if, so if I understand this correctly, you're creating a new market for tokens and at the same time you're creating the, the exchange for, yep. for that market and that's where, that's where you, you basically you get. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Clever. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and, okay, so you touched a little bit on, on the fact that you could expand the use to this, and uh, and I, I when I was when I was reading through 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 your website, I, I thought, well, if this surely if this works for nature, as you say, it works for wildlife, it works for social situations, it essentially works for everything, anything that any significant group of people places value on. Exactly. Right. So, um, on that assumption. Let's fast forward 15, 20 years. Would you see the market segmenting a lot based on people's values and interests? Yeah, I, I totally think that that's the case. And I think we can actually already see that happening. So if you think of, for example, games where people assign value to things that are like don't have real value in the real world. <laughs> so we already have this segment, segmentation or like this new new economies happening. And I think we will see a lot of like these parallel economies happening in the future. But I also think that there are some underlying values that we all kind of uh, understand and appreciate so that there's still opportunities to have this global market, the global economy as well. And I really hope that like the ecosystem and the planet's health is something that kind of unites the entire humankind towards like this one value and this nature-based uh, or nature-backed uh, economy might be the one global thing in the future. Right. And, and, and so at the moment, we, we have a global economy where the common denominator is, is money, mm. right? And that's what everyone values. So when we introduce a proxy to value like, like tokens, and I think there was a very good case about uh, uh, hearts, uh, a token in Israel that a group of mothers started generating and the, the rewarded activities like um, taking care of the, the, the kids or mm. doing like the school pool or teaching piano, that, that sort of thing, which, mm -hmm. uh, which, which really, really got me thinking about this. Do you see any, anything to be concerned about if we think about the segregation of different economies based on value tokens versus what we've mm. had, had today, which is basically everyone values money. Yeah, I think like the interoperability of these economies is probably mm. one of the questions like how many hearts does equal like carbon, I don't know, a ton of carbon, for example, yeah. can you actually switch between these economies? Uh, and are we creating like these very isolated communities with that? Yeah. Right now, we don't have like any borders, but if we create this type of communities, maybe they will become more and more isolated. Mm -hmm. I think these are the challenges, but I still think that there are some common values that still unite the entire humankind. So it's not going to be like separate economies all over the world, Right. I hope. Okay, uh, tell me now a little bit about what your customers say about single earth i'm assuming that you're a you're a two-sided platform so mm -hmm. let's what what do the do the landowners the ones that have recently uh, yep. uh, received their first minted uh, merits say about about but, single earth 
They are obviously very excited uh, because for, for years, for decades, for, forever, there's been like a gap on the market where they could earn money from just like keeping nature intact. Like there are, there have been like new business models for planting trees and creating new forests and all that. But if you already have a mature forest that is already there, then like nobody's paying to keep it there. You either cut it down for timber or you cut it down and replant a new forest there because that sequesters a lot of carbon and kind of seems like a good thing, which it's actually not. Uh, so if you have an old growth forest, uh, which is very biodiverse and we actually want this to stay on this uh, planet, then nobody's actually willing to pay for that or wasn't uh, until we came and we made this very easy for them. And the second part that they really like is the fact that there's like no barriers on entering that. So we have made it very easy for them. They just come to our platform, they find a landlord, we give them all the ecological value that we know about this land and they basically validate that this is or verify that this is uh, their land and that's it, they're on board. They don't have to go through any manual procedures, they don't have to pay anything, so it's, it's very easy uh, for them to get on board. Right, okay. Um, last question, um, what's your vision for Single Earth and what role do you think it will play in the, in the overall financial services ecosystem in the next five years? Well, in the next five years, I really hope that the crypto payment solutions have actually become mainstream. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then this will be a huge breakthrough for us as well, because we can basically plug our uh, currency into every transaction. Um, and in five years, it's going to be like 2027. So we will be just three years away from the big uh, first climate and biodiversity goals of 2030, mm -hmm. which means that we better be using nature-based uh, or nature-backed currencies by the time, or I think we will be in big trouble. So I'm pretty sure that our nature-backed currency has the potential to actually reshape the economy, uh, and not just from the economic perspective, but also uh, from the planet's health, from the environmental um, perspective. Right. Well, Merit, we, we speak to a lot of fintechs on a regular basis, and uh, I, I can honestly say that this is one of the most interesting bits of innovation we've heard. So thank, thank you. you so much for coming and sharing it with us. Thank you so much for having me.